is The Thing. The Thing. I'm Erica Prince Simons. I'm Taylor Weech. And today we have kind of just a general. Yeah. And it's been a while since yes. we recorded anything new. So Taylor is not dead, so we're all very happy that <laughs> she has been quite sick for a while. <laughs> very close to death, yeah. We can mostly talk again. So it is still me. I haven't been replaced by a sinister double or no, anything. I can verify that. Um, we're going to start by me reading a thing that I have written. I posted a, an abbreviated version of this on Facebook, and we'll be publishing this in some form on Medium just to have it out there in the world. Donald Trump has admitted to sexually assaulting women. We have all heard him speak about women like they are property. It tears at my heart to think about how many men and women in my life minimize this very important characteristic of our new president yet expect me to believe they respect me, a woman. Yes, I will temper my rage and have a level-headed conversation. As the wife, sister, daughter, and friend of many people whose message Trump was really for, this is a euphemism for white guys because I know you're sensitive about being called that, I have an opportunity for those conversations uh, in a way that other groups threatened and degraded by Trump do not. So I'll try to find common ground and agree where we can. I'll challenge where you, you where I think we might have a productive discussion. But know this, it is painful, exhausting, and degrading. And I won't normalize what is wrong, so it will continue to be painful, exhausting, and degrading. I won't always have the emotional energy for it, and you don't deserve the sacrifice of my well-being. When I do, though, I hold out the hope that the people who love me will listen. I do not think what you have condoned and elevated into power is okay. I do not think your inaction, deflection, do not come at me with Bill Clinton, or glossing (laughs) over of this issue is okay. That is complicity, too. I feel personally betrayed and hurt by your words and actions. Not his, yours. He isn't my friend. You are. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious about um, where that came from and, like, what conversations triggered it. Because I think I'm in a little more of an intense... I'm in, like, a different bubble than you are. Yeah. So I just, like, haven't had an opportunity to have those conversations at all. Yeah. I I think it started over Christmas talking to my dad who thinks that Donald Trump is a scumbag but still like kind of he just wanted to I think express that to that he doesn't think this is the end of the world mm-hmm. in the way that I do and that like what that's kind of what conservatives felt when Obama was elected mm-hmm. like we never talked about the sexual assault issue mm-hmm. but he was still defending Donald Trump to me and that hurt because mm-hmm. he's my father yeah and there's just no way for that to feel okay and then yeah. I kind of jumped in on a Facebook post that a friend of Mark's and you know and a friend of mine uh, who supported Trump made in which he was basically saying that if we are divided, then the media wins. So I responded just saying that I felt like he was falling into a fascist trap by vilifying <laughs> the media. And that like a shitty, free, very kind of diverse media where some of it is utter garbage and some of it is really good. It's essential to a democracy mm-hmm. that we yeah. that people have the freedom to make terrible news yeah yeah (laughs) and that I feel like we have a responsibility as citizens for 
seeking out better information and knowing how to consume information responsibly, mm-hmm. but that it's not productive to try to limit or kind of like create room for Trump mm-hmm. to justify taking away free speech, basically. Yeah. Yeah. The division conversation is really, it's really weird to me and like that people I think this is going to be a really interesting time for our totally conflict averse like nice liberal white person culture to like come apart hopefully forever because there's this whole because I'm just hearing that everywhere and that was his whole point was like oh being divided is it's the fault of the media. Is losing. Yeah, first right. of all, it's the fault of the media, which is this one thing, but then also that it's bad. And it's like, I think it's, I want to be divided from fascists. Like, right. I want to be, like, across a very wide canyon from them. And same with the calls for unity, too. This kind of vague, like, oh, there has to be unity. We have to understand everyone. That's also the language of authoritarianism. Right. Like, like I believe, like, I want that. I want us to be people who can disagree with one another and still maintain relationships mm-hmm. and still respect one another. And so, like, it, this has been very difficult for me because it's really challenging that. Like, mm-hmm. there's, it's pushed me to the point of, you know, asking, like, the question of, like, would I stop being friends with people because of their political beliefs, which has never been a thing that I've been willing to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I went to school at a very conservative school, studied politics, would screaming debate over crappy Sodexo lunches with my conservative friends, but we loved each other and would study together that Mm -hmm. evening. You know, like, it was never about, even if it felt personal, like, I I believed that they were good and coming from a different place. Mm -hmm. And obviously this is different, because if you can't acknowledge my basic value as a human, Mm -hmm. like, that's a very different thing from, like, we disagree. And I think people can... It's messy because people can kind of extrapolate like, well, if you're not pro-choice, then you don't believe in women's autonomy and I'm a woman. Like that to mm-hmm. me is a stretch versus like just flat out like I will I will respect a man who is a sexual predator. Yeah. Like that to me is a much more direct, I don't care about you as a woman mm-hmm. enough for this to be a real issue to me. One of the people who responded to me posting kind of a portion of what I read to you on Facebook said, uh, many in my family did not oppose Trump and I felt that same betrayal. Their response was, quote, most people weren't thinking about sexual assault when they cast their vote. My response was, that makes it hurt worse. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea that this is just not even an issue and, like, the big boys have, like, mm-hmm. bigger fish to fry. They're serious And problems. this is just a diversion. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So... Hmm. Alt facts are a thing now. Yeah, that too, apparently. So yeah, so this is kind of my my quandary right now that I wanted to pose to you. Because I'm just like really, really in a, an anger time. And I think that's fine. You, you know? can tell Taylor is angry when she's just very quiet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm in an anger time and... Um, I'm coming out of a really intense, like, depression time. Shout out to my friend Dana for making me say everything is a time. Um, 
during which because of I was feeling so horrible I and I was like confined to my bed with pneumonia I spent a lot of time like doing the Facebook scrolling thing Mm -hmm. which is something I've reconfirmed is horrible for my mental health and probably for all people's because it's like such an emotional roller coaster and but basically like by the end of it I was just like mad at everyone and oh yeah so it's driving me crazy and But the thing is, so it goes back to all the calls for unity and everything and finding common ground and and not not stooping to to their level or what have you. Um, But just realizing and processing, I don't want to live in a society with people who don't accept that there are facts, you know, like... And I've mostly experienced that in the past through climate change denial. Mm -hmm. Like, I just have no patience for it because it's not, it's not like science is a belief system. You can have another belief system that isn't science and it's going to be equally valid. It's like science is a process and like people have discovered things and like done their best. Same with journalists, you know, like people dedicate their lives to uncovering and documenting observable reality and like measurable reality and I just don't want to be around people and I really don't want people to have control over any aspect of my life in general but like specifically people who yeah who don't aren't into that and maybe it kind of comes down to that thing that we've talked about a lot where it's like you end up it's like an abuse tactic to force people to debate their own value or to debate like things that they have observed the reality of things that they know Mm -hmm. are real because it that that is gaslighting which Mm -hmm. i hear talked about a lot now yeah um but you know like pushing people into that corner where like they are you're kind of like causing them to question their own perception and their own ability to like see things and hear things and know things like you have Mm -hmm. to be able to know things and like i was abused in this way like Mm -hmm. from a very young age Mm -hmm. um and I mean like as an adult person like I would have like meltdowns in the grocery store because like I literally didn't know what I liked to eat Mm -hmm. like I had to learn as an adult how to identify the need to go to the bathroom Mm -hmm. like just these really basic things like in watching it occur on a grand scale like it does not it doesn't not trigger that stuff all day every day mm-hmm. like I'm just like completely in survival mode and yeah. I think that's what it does is like it takes people out of a place where they can be powerful and productive working toward things that they're passionate mm-hmm. about because they're spending all their time just trying to convince some fuck <laughs> That, like, the sky fucking exists or something. Yeah. Like, you know. (laughs) Or, like, this is a photo of this location at this time and date. Right. Like, we do not need to be... And I think that's, like, the... It is good to be... have. Like, we've talked before about the kind of... Where are people on a scale of 1 to 10? Mm -hmm. Like, if you're the one... And yeah. if, they're, if they're, like, a two or three, yeah, that's a worthwhile conversation. Mm-hmm. If they're a four or five and they're not a dick, maybe. Like, yeah. if they're a nine or ten, it is much more productive to just show them 
that you outnumber them or that you just to win basically like it's mm-hmm. not productive yeah it's actually like soul sucking yeah to try to and anybody who's engaged a troll on the internet knows <laughs> about like the sucking of the right. souls yeah yeah that's i think that's what it comes the thing where the anger comes in and everything cuz i totally agree with that and i like using that model just remembering like oh this person is is not in a a group that's going to move you know and if they are and they don't know it yet, like, I don't care. It's not my problem. But I think just seeing how, like, gleeful people are in their ignorance and how, like, people can be cheering on this, like, horrible platform and plan. It's just, like, it, it's really, what it's really done is made me, I think, I think that, I'm still committed to nonviolence as a strategic yes, you know, but on a personal level, I just like really want to go fight people and like burn stuff and like <laughs> just like dealing with a lot of that. And yeah. Trying to real. I, I don't think it's strategic, but it's, it's partially humanizing and like invigorating to feel that level of like, ah, but it's also like, I feel really like dehumanized by it in a different way because it's like put me back into that mode that I've had to work really hard to to, yeah yeah like it's the tough thing for me like in writing the thing that I read to you is that it was recognizing publicly to people who could take pleasure like I believe that there are people who take pleasure in the fact that this hurts me Mm -hmm. and putting it out there like, just the, the idea of letting them know that they do have power is, like, very frustrating for me. But I also know a lot of other people are feeling that way. And mm-hmm. I, in private conversations, have had that conversation with almost every woman I know, including mm-hmm. conservative women. Mm-hmm. And I've had plenty of conversations with women and men who are just like, nah, everything's fine. But, you know, they are in the minority. Like, most yeah. people... Yeah. on all sides I think recognize that this is a really dangerous situation mm-hmm. and the number is very small of people like of those true believers you know yeah but even like so have you you've had conversations with conservative women who supported Trump who have mm, I don't concerns about I have not yet heard a woman in my life admit to voting for Trump okay yeah. <laughs> I know but like I know around. I know yeah. that they have mm-hmm. like but they know I think they know that they know me well enough to know that it would hurt me to know that and so mm-hmm. they just are not telling me. Yeah. Which is okay. But it's yeah. Like no no woman has like been able to look me in the eye and be, be like yeah, yeah. I'm for Trump. I have something to tell you. No. <laughs> I can't I can't even do that. We've been talking a lot about how to take responsibility for consumption of information mm-hmm. and um, I wanted to start off by just reading like the kind of library definition of primary and secondary sources and like, you know, kind of with the idea that when we're talking about it, we should be talking less about like which which news sources are trustworthy mm-hmm. because that can change mm-hmm. and it can vary from writer yeah, to writer. Exactly. Um, and I think it's just always bad when you unquestioningly trust anything. 
<laughs> trust no one. <laughs> but, you know, how to recognize good journalism, how to recognize responsible journalism, ethical journalism, mm-hmm. how to under- like how to recognize like when a thing is a fact and yeah. provable, stuff like that. Okay, so this is from the University of California, Santa Cruz University Library. It, there's a similar definition on every university website. I chose this one just because it's um, worded in a very accessible way. So, introduction. Whether conducting research in the social science, humanities, especially history, arts, or natural sciences, the ability to distinguish between primary and secondary source material is essential. Basically, this distinction illustrates the degree to which the author of a piece is removed from the actual event being described, informing the reader as to whether the author is reporting impressions firsthand, or or is the first to record these immediately following an event, or conveying the experiences and opinions of others. That is secondhand. So... Primary sources. These are contemporary accounts of an event written by someone who experienced or witnessed the event in question. These original documents, i.e. they are not about another document or account, are often diaries, letters, memoirs, journals, speeches, manuscripts, interviews, and other such unpublished works. They may also include published pieces such as a newspaper or magazine article as long as it was written soon after the fact and not as historical accounts. (laughs) Uh, it can include photographs, audio or video recordings, research reports in the natural or social sciences, or other literary or theatrical works. Secondary sources. The function of these is to interpret primary sources, and so can be described as at least one step removed from the event or phenomenon under review. Secondary source materials then interpret, assign value to, conjecture upon, and draw conclusions about the events reported in primary sources. These are usually in the form of published works, such as journal articles or books, but they may include radio or television documentaries or conference proceedings. Of course, that is like in the academic setting. Mm -hmm. In terms of consuming news, someone's eyewitness account is still human, Mm -hmm. and it's still coming from a person with opinions and biases. So it's not like saying like primary sources are always 100% the truth, but like I just see people posting like analysis articles Mm -hmm. as if they were news Mm -hmm. or fact a lot um, or just not really caring what the proof is Mm -hmm. for a thing you know like I'll read articles in the New York Times or uh, the Atlantic or you know like very trusted Mm -hmm. quote-unquote mainstream media outlets where they'll just say something like economists agree that blah 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 like that is not enough for me Mm -hmm. if I'm interested enough I will and especially if I'm going to put my weight behind a thing like mm -hmm. I will go and find out more about that yeah yeah and and it's totally what's interesting is that I I mean everybody gets away with it it's it's the famous like Fox News is really famous for a specific tactic um which is some say um where they will couch (laughs) a really inflammatory (laughs) remark or Whatever, like, it's how the whole birther thing, other than Donald Trump, just like many Americans say, mm-hmm. or some some have said that, you know, that President Obama himself is a closet member of the KKK, you know, like, some rando probably has said that. Right. So it's accurate to <laughs> there say. There are some very dark like, places on the internet. <laughs> some people have said this, but, um, yeah, but if it's not linked, if it's not like some say, and here's the link to hear who the people are mm-hmm. who said it. Or, like, the new thing of, we have, at random, chosen five, like, tweets mm-hmm. that agree with what we're, with, like, the perception we're trying to create. Like, people are generally 
angry about this thing. And to prove that, here's some embedded tweets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you it's... know, sometimes that's interesting if it's like, you know, people are generally angry about like Ariana Grande's outfit or something. <laughs> yeah. Then it's like, fine, whatever, yeah. Yeah. harmless. I mean, but not harmless to her, but like, and also sure. not to like the feminist cause, but like, yeah. it's fine. Compared that's happening to, yeah. As like, I mean, it's just like, that's how news is made now. Mm-hmm. And it matters, like it matters who the person is. Like if you're talking about a scientific issue, it matters a lot more to hear from scientists than it does politicians on that mm-hmm. issue. There's more like incentive for them to have research standing behind their statements and to be mm-hmm. very careful about what they say because their reputation in their field hinges on them not being wrong about science. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's like we're listening to the wrong people a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Or, like, the people who can say it in the most witty way. Mm-hmm. Or find find the angle that hasn't been, like, polished yet. I feel like there's kind of this race to, like, have the most correct reaction. Or, like, the most meta. Yeah. Like, the Women's March might have been, you know, really powerful and whatever, but there will always be, like, the one person who says, who writes the think piece on, like, why the Women's March didn't matter or isn't enough or, yeah. you know why like pink hats are dumb or whatever and it's like mm-hmm. and that's because of like the industry of journalism like that's how you get clicks mm-hmm. but it's also not not i mean that's all like that secondary source stuff mm-hmm. where it's like yeah it's interesting but it's somebody's opinion and you know kind of more interesting to be coming up with your own opinion based on having taken in source material yeah in my opinion yeah when, I mean, when you can, like, it's it's a lot of work. But, it like, is, I spent yeah. a lot of time just, like, digging around on Facebook so I could spend more of that time yeah. taking responsibility for my own intellect also. Knowledge. Yeah, right. <laughs> that is a possibility. So what do you, like, when you get news, how do you get it? Um, You know, it really depends. And for so long, my news consumption habits, because of doing a weekly show have really hinged around like what am I going to do for praxis this week so um and outside of that have been really passive it's been really like driven by social media like what people are posting I'm friends with a lot of really interesting cool people who post good stuff but um I haven't I've kind of fallen out of the habit unless something really intense is happening Mm -hmm. of just like reading the news in any specific targeted way but I'm going to try, I have a goal this year to do that a little more intentionally and just be more aware of what's going on outside of the reactionary world of social media. Yeah. Um, Because it's like, here's your thing to be super outraged about this week. And it's just not healthy for me. So I'd rather like... You can kind of get into a mindset that that's like the zeitgeist of the time when it's really just like the zeitgeist of like your friends. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But when I do... I really like The Intercept, Glenn Greenwald and Jeremy Scahill's investigative outlet. And there is, it's, they've expanded their team. And since they've done that, I think they also want to expand readership. And there is a lot more like analysis stuff now. Mm-hmm. But um, they also do really good and like well-cited original mm-hmm. reporting. They'll be like, these are the specific documents from. Well, and like, I do think analysis, I think it's healthy for yeah. people who are writing or producing news in whatever way to acknowledge their bias mm-hmm. and give analysis as part of their reporting yeah. when appropriate. 
and as readers, we just have to be able to recognize when that's happening mm-hmm. and be like, well, I'm looking at the same facts you are and you're drawing this conclusion, but like, that's not part of the facts. Mm-hmm. Like just being able to see when that's happening. And a lot of, um, you know, like we're interviewing people on the street at the women's march. Like mm-hmm. you're going to hear individuals' opinions about what's going on or like the reporter's observation of like, I'm seeing these things in the crowd. Mm-hmm. It is subjective and it, that, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. But it's more, you're going to have a truthier view of the world <laughs> if you're consuming uh, like a variety of things or and able to recognize when things mm-hmm. are conjecture or, you know, like just being able to yeah. kind of critically consume those things mm-hmm. rather than kind of accepting everything as fact or just saying because media, the mainstream media includes biases and agendas and a commercial aspect in whatever, there is no truth in it. Mm-hmm. And it can just be dismissed as Which a whole. Been and we exactly should like happened. only read Breitbart or Oof. like, or, you know, only read Mother Jones. Like that's, yeah. also, that's equally ignorance inducing. Like if you're not able to read stuff that disagrees with your perspective or challenges it or doesn't, you know, that's like neutral. Mm-hmm. I listen to the BBC global news podcast every day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what I get, for, like, no, local news and stuff, um, I do get from Facebook. And I actually, like, would totally defend getting your news from Facebook if you're curating your feed. Mm-hmm. Like, unfollow people who post bullshit. Intentionally follow people who post interesting perspectives that challenge your own. Like, think about what you click on, because whatever you click on, you're going to get more of. Mm-hmm. Like, there are pretty good reasons to use your Facebook feed as a news source. You have presumably Facebook friends from mm-hmm. around the world. Yeah. You have a diversity of, you know, like there's, like I think when people end up in a situation where their Facebook feed is just like a bunch of inane shit or like wrong shit, mm-hmm. like they're not taking, again, like taking ownership for like, well, what what am I being fed? What do I want to see? Mm-hmm. Like giving that feedback to Facebook, like you can just click on the little carrot in the corner mm-hmm. of each post and like they'll ask you why you don't want to see a thing. Yeah. Um, so there are tools to say, make that better. Because this specific person said it. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have some of that. I think it's yeah. fine. And it's more importantly, like, we're going to do it. Like, we're going to be on social yeah. media. So, like, don't just, like, shame Facebook. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, pretend that it's not happening. Those yeah. things are influencing how we think. So we need to be aware of what power we have to make that better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think also just taking responsibility. I was having a conversation last night about taking personal responsibility for just like using it in healthier ways. Because mm-hmm. I tend to be, because I'm mildly addicted to social media, as many people are, I tend, it's like a boom and bust thing. And it's mm-hmm. like either like <laughs> yeah. I know this is unhealthy and I'm going to do it anyway. And then my reaction is like, no, cold turkey, I'm going to delete my <laughs> Facebook, you know? And like, <laughs> There is, like, that's, like, such clouded thinking. Like, there is an option between those options. And I'm going to try to have a really intentional, like, why do I want to use this right now? Mm-hmm. Um, just treat it like any other, like, yeah. addictive, like, any other compulsive behavior. And you've recognized how it makes you feel. Yeah, exactly. Which is something that I've learned, too. Like, that I will get more anxious by looking at social media mm-hmm. a lot of the time. It's particularly like scrolling through your feed. You described it as an emotional roller coaster, mm-hmm. which is pretty spot on. Yeah. You're giving it's... people 
the power to influence how you feel in these mm-hmm. little second mm-hmm. bites. But I've found myself genuinely upset in real life about stuff that people post on Facebook mm-hmm. that has nothing to do with me and it's just their own thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm not mean to that. Madeline compared it. We were That's what I was talking about it with. Um, she compared it to uh, being at a slot machine. And, like, even even the, like, visual of it is kind of mm-hmm. similar. Like, yeah. these spinning images, and you want some of them more than you want the other ones. Mm-hmm. And and there's these little, like, random rewards. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you're also kind of, like, anticipating, like, oh, there's going to be another Trump post. It, it's been a few posts since I've seen this kind of thing. So it's going to So happen. I'm going to see it soon. But like, oh, puppy. You're you know, right. like, oh, okay. And it kind of, like, <laughs> has a really similar... I've never been... I'm not into gambling, and I've never, like, no one close to me has a gambling addiction, but it's kind of like, huh. Like, thinking about that was just like, okay, so how do I actually yeah. want to use this to connect with people? Yeah. And who do I want to connect with? You know, it's like, I just don't... I want to, like, know my enemy, but I don't want to, like, think about them all the time. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of that happening right now. Just, like... It's so bad. It's so bad. And it is so bad. It's horrible. But here's what I think happens if you don't hear from, as you say it, your enemy Mm -hmm. all the time is like that your like team Taylor is telling you about your enemy Mm -hmm. in a way that's like hyperbolized and inaccurate. To me, having conversations with actual conservatives who aren't trolls, Mm -hmm. who have interesting and nuanced views and a lot of the same core values that I do in terms of like, you know, they love people, they believe in equality, they believe in environmental justice, they, you know, like Mm -hmm. good people who have been part of the Republican Party for longer than it has been what it is now. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, it's like they may not be happy with the changes they're seeing in the party Mm -hmm. either. That is refreshing and it's Mm -hmm. important. It is exhausting sometimes. Uh, and I have a really, I told Taylor earlier that I just like super intentionally like got to drunk last <laughs> night because I was just like exhausted by Facebook interactions I have had that have been like really good and productive and genuine. And, you know, like these are people I have real relationships with and I love that I'm having these conversations with them, but like it's hard and draining and it doesn't have the reward of like actual human connection Mm -hmm. coming along with it in the way that like a really good discussion over beer does yeah so i just like consciously Mm self-medicated and that's yeah that's like not healthy you know it's it's, like i'm i'm really struggling especially because of like the hate component of the current political climate with like keeping those connections and finding out what that means about my friendships and the people mm-hmm. that I love and expect better from and yeah. giving them a chance to actually see that. Yeah. And like, tell me what their rationale is rather than mm-hmm. assuming what it is and assuming they're all bad. And yeah. Yeah. Ugh. It blows. Yeah. The, this is not healthy for anybody. One, yeah. One other thing on that, that I tried to do because what you said, you know, team Taylor is going to obviously always tell me that like, Donald Trump's speech was garbage and it was also like being really alarmist about it like oh it was scary for all these reasons and, <laughs> it was scary <laughs> yeah and so I I had kind of like absorbed and I just like I'm totally willing to assume based on my now extensive knowledge of 
who Donald Trump and Steve Bannon and the rest of the team are, like, I, I can assume a lot of things about it pretty safely. Yeah. But um, I decided to just read the speech. I'm not going to listen to yeah. it because I just hate his stupid ugh. voice. But, yes. um, ugh, yeah. But, uh, but so I just read it, you know, myself. And then I made a list of, like, here's phrases. Before I read any analysis on it, I just seen headlines and stuff. Like, ick like here's phrases that stand out to me and like here's what this makes me think mm-hmm. of and yeah. that felt a lot better than being in the because it's more creative too you yeah. know um for me to be able to go through and be like Ugh, yeah the forgotten people like yeah that's kind of scary well, and i would like, i would make a distinction between donald trump and donald trump supporters like i have no interest in giving Donald Trump any leeway on anything. Mm-hmm. I think he's a bad man. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, people who are close to me and who are my friends, like, I'm not going to assume that they are him just because they may have voted for him. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot that could go into that decision that does not make them bad people. But it, you know, mm-hmm. I have to be... I'm just... It's a really... It's not something I understand how to deal with mm-hmm. yet. Yeah. I just know, like, because yeah, if it's like your family and like people you and it, like my family is not like they are like saints, like they are kind mm-hmm. people. They're not like you know like, people were talking about like going home for Thanksgiving or Christmas and dealing with their family and just horrible stories. Like that's not my family. It's not, those aren't relationships. I'm just gonna let go because mm-hmm. like they might have voted for Trump or because they're like you know, rationalizing hmm. voting for Trump. But I do need to know, I need them to know how it feels for me. And I need, I need to know that they're going to fight for human equality mm-hmm. when this person starts and yeah. really has started eroding yeah. like that. <sighs> yeah. Ugh. I know. Just like we said. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> just a yeah, roundup of ugh. Ugh time, but... Thank you for being we'll here. We'll figure it out. Yeah, thank you for being here. Yeah, I'm glad to be yeah, back. Too. Yes. And we'll be back. Happy 2017. In the future. Yeah. It's 2017. That's all I can say so far. It's like, well. <laughs> That's a thing. New stuff's happening, and so is old stuff. Yeah. Thanks for listening to The Thing, a project of Storyboard Media. You can find out more about what we're doing at storyboardmedia.org. You can also find our podcast stream either by searching The Thing podcast on iTunes or by going directly to soundcloud.com slash thethingpodcast. You can also support our project as it emerges into its full form by visiting patreon.com slash storyboard. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.